Every one of us are called to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether standing or sitting or on our knees or wherever it is, God has called every one of us and gifted every one of us with the power of the Holy Spirit to do His will. He never called us to be pew warmers, but He called us to be an active service. And we're going to see that in the Church of Corinth. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're so glad you've joined us today for Raul's new series in 1 Corinthians, a letter written for early believers who faced challenges in their spiritual lives that are surprisingly similar to those we experience today. Keep listening to see that then and now God has called his followers to stand against temptation and walk in obedience as living witnesses that point a watching world to Christ's love. Here's Raul Reese with the introduction to 1 Corinthians. The book of Corinthians and the people of Corinth are the people today in the church of Jesus Christ, believe it or not. And what's amazing about the book of Corinthians is that without question we have here uh, the city of Corinth probably in that particular time was the most important city in Greece. Not only for training, but literally there were 400,000 people living in the city of Corinth. There were Greeks, there were Italians, there were Jews, and there were other people that came from Africa and different places of uh, Europe to live there. The goddess Aphrodite that uh, was worshipped in the city of Corinth by these 1,000 prostitutes, they would literally come down at night and seduce the men and the money they would get for their prostitution. They would take it back to the temple of Aphrodite and they would give it to the high priest. And that's the way they would worship in the city of Corinth. city of Corinth also was the capital of the Roman providence of Ikea. And was ideally located on the empire's most important travel route east and west. Fourth in size among the great cities of the Roman Empire. Corinth was noted for commerce, culture, and corruption. That is, they had a little saying. To live like a Corinthian was a saying. Hey, to live like a Corinthian is to live like a sinner. The worst of sinners of all sinners. It was a party town. And so we get the picture of the city of Corinth, how evil it was. That even though there was a church in Corinth, and there were Jews, and there were Gentiles in the church, the church had become very carnal like today. There was no fear of God in the church. As a matter of fact, everyone knew what a Corinthian girl was, or a Corinthian feast. It was the depth of luxury and the license to sin. Orgies at these parties were going on in the city of Corinth. And what's so sad about it is that a lot of these Christians, believers, were so carnal that they themselves were actually going to these parties. And being partakers of the things that were going on in the city of Corinth. And Paul writes a letter to rebuke them. And say, hey, what is the matter with you? 
You are children of the light. You are Christians. God has not only justified you and redeemed you and sanctified you. You're not supposed to be doing that because now you're supposed to be new believers. You're supposed to be a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new. And then Christ gave Paul special encouragement to stay in Corinth. And after a year and a half, then he departed to go to the city of Ephesus in Greece. He went ahead and he went there and he spent three years with the church of Ephesus. What we have in the book of Revelation chapter 2, 1 through 7. Where Paul the Apostle is writing to the church and also in the book of Acts chapter 20. Turn with me to Acts chapter 20 and I'll show you what Paul is doing there. This is Paul last time as now he's departing from Ephesus. He's uh, he spent three years with them. And the Lord has called him to go and die in Rome. And so when Paul meets with all of the elders of the church, he calls them to come and meet with him for the last time. And he gives his last sermon to them in Acts chapter 20. Beginning with about verse 17. Look what he says. From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said unto them, You know that from the first day that I came to Asia Minor, in what manner I always lived among you. Paul is actually speaking of his integrity that he had with them. Hey, when I came to you guys, you know who I was and the way I lived and the way I lived and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then he says this, Serving the Lord. With all humility and with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. And now in how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed to you and taught you publicly from house to house. Notice, Paul took it upon himself to do Bible studies from house to house and give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Testifying to you, to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And see now I'm going bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies that in every city, saying to me that chains and tribulations await me. Imagine, Paul was actually spoken to by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit told him, Paul, when you go to Jerusalem and on your way to Rome, you're not going to have blessings, man. They're going to try to kill you. It's not going to be a good trip. And yet, Paul was not discouraged. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Because he knew that his days were almost over. Time was limited to him. He says, and see now that I'm going about verse 23. And except that the Holy Spirit is testifying in every city that chains and tribulation that weighed me. But none of these things, notice his attitude. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear unto myself, so that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify both of the gospel of the grace of God. I don't really care. I'm going to preach the gospel of God's grace. None of these things move me. God called me and I'm doing what God called me to do. And indeed, now I know you all among who I have gone preaching the kingdom of God and will see my face no more. Notice that. Paul says, I'm going to die. I know that Nero is going to kill me. But none of these things move me. Therefore, I testify to you this day, and get this, that I am innocent 
of the blood of all men, for I have not failed to declare to you the whole counsel of God. What does he mean by that? Well, his second time he's already said it. In Acts chapter 18, he said the same thing. Paul the Apostle was able to get up, as if I were to get up this evening, and let's say that God called me to go to Africa. And this was my last sermon. And I've been here with you so many years. And I would get up tonight and I would say, you know what, I want you to know that I preached to you from Genesis to Revelation, not only once, but we did it second time and a third time. And I want you to know that I have given to you as a pastor shepherd the full counsel of God that I don't feel guilty that if anybody should go to hell, I have done my best because I am not guilty of any man's blood because I have given to you the full truth about Jesus Christ. That's what Paul's saying. We have a responsibility to tell people the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God, I will tell them. No matter what happens. But it's pretty incredible what Paul does here. He builds up this whole thing and says, You guys, I am not guilty of any man's blood. When I stand before God, God is not going to point His finger at me because I did my best. And I gave you my best. And I gave you the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then look what else he says. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock that is among you, which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which He purchased with His own blood. The next time people ask you, if you're going to your church, say, it's not my church, I didn't pay for it. Jesus Christ paid with His own blood. It's not my church or your church, it is the church of Jesus Christ. He paid with His blood for every one of us here. Look what else He says. Verse 29, he says, For I know this, that after my departure, and this is the sad thing, after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock of God. Also from among yourselves men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after themselves. Notice what Paul says. When I leave, there's going to be people within the church of Jesus Christ they will rise up with power and they'll try to take over the power of the church and they'll begin to bring division and they'll begin to brainwash them and they'll actually do a coup in the church and they will divide the church. He says, and that was never my purpose. These are people that are false people in the church. He says, and yet they're sitting in the church today. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We're here to fortify your faith walk with biblical guidance. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We also encourage you to join Raul on his YouTube channel for weekly straight talk, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. West Coast time. Now back to more with Raul Reese and the introduction to 1 Corinthians. Verse 31, Therefore, watch... And remember that for three years I did not stop warning every one of you night and day with tears. Paul cried for the church. He prayed every day and night. Paul was the kind of a person 
that he really loved people. They were not just numbers, not just a congregation. And I feel like Paul sometimes, because you watch people for years and years, you watch them come to Calvary Chapel, and they sit here, and then all of a sudden you don't see them for a while. Sometimes you don't see them for months, sometimes for years. And then later on, years later, you actually run into them or you watch them come back in. And they look defeated. They look tore up, man. They look like they've been through hell. And you ask them, well, what happened to you? And they'll begin to share their stories with you. How Satan deceived them. And how Satan blew them away. And how Satan took them away from the church. And totally destroyed their lives. And their children's lives. And sometimes as a shepherd, it hurts when you see people that you love and they're being hurt by Satan. And we want you to know you're just not a number. That we look forward to every Wednesday nights, every Sunday morning, Sunday night to be with you, to teach you the Word of God. And there are many of you that have been here a long time. And yet to be able to see so many young people coming and watching them now, getting into the Lord. To me, that's a great comfort because that's the next generation. And as God raises up the next Joshua in this church, and God gives a shepherd to lead the flock of God here at Calvary Chapel, it will be the greatest thing. Why? Because we don't want to build upon a man's personality or a person. We want to build the church upon the person of Jesus Christ, period. It's His church. And we have a responsibility. Those of you that are young parents... And those of you that are single too, you have a great responsibility that whoever you marry, and when you get married to them, that you serve the Lord, and that you get your children, and you put them in the Sunday school, and you bring them to hear the Word of God. Why? Because not only you want to be leaders in your home, but in the church. You want to reach your community, and your family, and friends for Jesus Christ, because we're dealing with eternity. We're not dealing with temporal things with the things of the Holy Spirit. And God wants to use your life as He wants to use my life tremendously. That's what makes you keep going in the Lord. And then I think that's incredible because Paul is the greatest example of that. Look what else Paul says. Verse 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or dress. Paul says, I never ripped off anybody in the church. I never asked you for anything. And yet there are so many pastors, so many leaders, so many TV evangelists that are always ripping the body of Christ off for money. And Paul says, not me. I never did that. Look what he says in the next verse. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ as He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And that's not just financially. That's of your time and of everything that you possess. We don't take, we receive. And so it's really important that we understand the message. Because we're going to learn a lot in the book of Corinthians. A lot about the church. And about evangelists and pastor teachers. Look what else he says. In verse 36. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and he prayed with them all. Look what he says. 
And they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and they kissed him. You think they like Paul? They love Paul. And they knew in their hearts, hey you guys, this is the last time we're going to see Paul. This is the last time. We're not going to see them again. Watch verse 38. Soaring most of all for the words which he spoke, that they would see his face no more, and they accompanied him all the way to the ship. Can you imagine what that must have been like? Paul getting into that ship and watching these people that you have loved for so many, so many years, and knowing that the next time you'll see them will be in heaven, in the presence of the throne of God. But you know, that's the way the ministry is. We don't know how long we have to live. And that's why we have to do the best of our time for the Lord. Especially, I encourage young people, get with it. Don't waste your time. Don't waste the years that God wants to use your life and equip you and baptize you with the Holy Spirit and send you out to wherever God wants to start some kind of a ministry. God wants to use your life. God wants to call you and put the anointing of the Holy Spirit over your life. Just like he did Paul. Just like he has done to so many people that have come to the Lord. And so Paul has an incredible ministry in Corinth. He's writing to them. When he came to Corinth, these people were not only carnal, they were moving away from the truth of God. They were being seduced by the non-believers. The church was weak and carnal. And Paul wants to make sure they understand that God has a work for the church, but they have to get their lives totally on for the Lord. Imagine, here the guy in the church living with his mother-in-law. Then there's a thing where Paul says, you know what, if there's anybody in the church that is sleeping together with somebody, then what you need to do is to not only kick him out of the church, but if he doesn't want to repent... Then you take that person and you turn him over to Satan. I don't fully understand that. You turn that person over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that the spirit at the end can be what? Saved. Allow Satan to destroy him in the flesh and then he'll wake up, he'll repent, and he'll come back to Christ. And then what happens? God can take him to heaven. It's pretty interesting when you read that. And when you read about the Corinthians, they were spiritual people, but they were going about it the wrong way. Turn with me for one second to the book of Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Let me demonstrate this to you. Concerning spiritual things. In chapter 12, he tells you. He says, not concerning spirituals, brethren... I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God can call Jesus accursed. Paul says here that if you really have the Spirit of God, you cannot ever curse God. There's no possible way that Satan can speak to your life. Look what he says. Can call Jesus a curse. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And then he talks about the diversity of the body of Christ. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And then what Paul does is he takes and he says, Look you guys, Christ is the head. And everybody in the body of Christ, you may be a thumb. 
Some of you may be a nose, some an ear, some an eye, some a mouth. Some may be one of those dark places where socks and toes are. You might be a dirty toe. But you're still part of the body of Christ. You see? Every part of the body is used and it cannot function without what? Without the head. Who's the head? Jesus Christ. You see? So Paul's going to talk to us about the head. And the many parts in the body of Christ. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are given to each one of us individually to be used in the ministry for His glory and His purpose. Then He's going to talk to you about lawsuits among Christians. I don't know how many of you ever been in a lawsuit. But Paul is going to tell you there is a problem when two believers are trying to sue each other and go to court and they're trying to actually win the court case by taking money from another Christian. Paul says that should never be so. Everything that a Christian does should be settled out of court by the elders of the church, not in a court of law. Because it's not a good testimony for the what? For the non-believer. Unless it's something very critical, then of course there's a place. He's also going to talk to us about the communion table. Where the communion table, they were coming, and they started out having like a potluck, And then the rich got a little bit greedy. And they didn't want the poor there. So they started literally pushing the poor out. And instead of having communion services, they started having these drunken parties. And getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. At the table. And Paul says, hey, that's not good. Because this is something sacred of the Lord. And so Paul begins to unfold the carnality of the church. And how God... Not only appointed Paul, but even appointed us tonight to be faithful to the calling of God. So that God can not only use your life, but He can use my life in such a way that in these last days, our church and any other church, we don't want to be a Corinthian church. We want to be a church of the book of Acts. A first century church. We want the power of the Holy Spirit, man. To come upon this place. To me it's such a thrill to see so many of you here now on Wednesday nights. To study the word of God. And at the same time as you're sitting here. When you come here. Don't just come to here. Say God as the word of God is being taught. Speak to my own heart. And put a calling in my life. And anoint my life. And do miracles and wonders in my own personal life. Pray like that. You know what's going to happen? When you leave here every Wednesday night, you're going to leave here because God has not only spoken to you, but God is going to begin to work on your life. And He's going to call you to do something for Him. Every one of us are called to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether standing or sitting or on our knees or wherever it is, God has called every one of us and gifted every one of us with the power of the Holy Spirit to do His will. He never called us to be pew warmers, but He called us to be an active service, an active duty. And we're going to see that in the Church of Corinth. As we continue our journey through this amazing letter from the Apostle Paul, you'll see more of how to live for the Lord consistently in all areas of life. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. 
If you'd like to review today's message, we'll be happy to send you a complete copy for a donation of $5 or more. Just call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawls introduction to 1 Corinthians. Now, to equip you with additional insight into what it looks like to honor God in practical ways, we'd like to tell you about a helpful resource titled Walking Righteously. Each lesson in Rawls' four-part audio series will guide you in glorifying God with holiness and obedience in your decision-making. You'll also discover how the path of righteousness is paved with the Holy Spirit's power, enabling you to do great things for God's eternal kingdom. Contact us today to order Rawls' four-CD collection titled Walking Righteously. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. And we'll send you this audio pack for a gift of $19 or more. That's 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We also have several free resources that you can access for even more wisdom from God's Word. Download our Somebody Loves You app to your iPhone or Android, and you'll be all set to enrich your spiritual life with digital Bible studies, an easy Bible reading plan, and much more. You can also download any of these programs as podcasts using Spotify and iTunes. This is a listener-supported ministry, and your generosity helps keep us on the air. Thanks so much for your partnership. We hope you have a wonderful day today and be sure to join us again next time for more biblical insight to strengthen your heart and help you grow in your relationship with Christ. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.